hair, hoping it helped restore some of its style. Reaching inside her purse, she pulled out her tinted lip gloss. What she really needed was a shower, but she didn't want to miss having dinner with the Elliot family. As she approached Peter, a twinge of guilt pricked her conscience. She might not be madly in love with him, but she was completely in love with his family. His parents were wonderful people who loved being surrounded by their children and grandchildren. The fact that she loved Peter more for his family than for him troubled her. But at the same time, while Peter had said he loved her, Sophie had a feeling his affection had more to do with her looks and her chosen profession. He had often said that dating a beautiful doctor was good for his image, and that he loved having a girlfriend men envied him for. Meeting Peter's gaze, she could see his brown eyes no longer held irritation. Now he watched her with concern. Are you okay? Just a little dizzy. She gave him what she hoped was a confident smile. It's been a long day. He reached out and took her hand in his. Mom delayed dinner. I'm sure you'll feel much better once you can sit down and eat. She didn't need to do that, but I appreciate it. Mrs. Elliot's consideration warmed Sophie's heart. Sophie leaned into Peter's shoulder as they stepped onto the elevator. Maybe she did love him enough to marry him. He made her feel safe and protected. She'd already been in a long-term relationship where passion had been the pervading element. That had ended four years ago, when Sophie had finally realized David, her boyfriend at that time, never had any intention of marrying her. She'd given everything to David, much more than just her heart. In the process, she'd distance herself from God by letting go of her Christian faith and the values she'd always adhered to in her youth. When she had reaffirmed her faith and resumed attending church again, David hadn't liked the changes in her or their relationship. He had walked away without looking back. How ironic for her to now be dating a great guy who shared her faith and wanted to marry her, yet she was the one who couldn't commit. It didn't make sense. She was an only child, and after her mother died when Sophie was eight years old, it was just her and her father. That's why she loved being with Peter's family. He had his parents, two sisters, and two brothers, all of which were married, and nearly a dozen nieces and nephews. She wanted that for herself. The first time Peter had taken her to a family dinner at his parents' house, Sophie had been awestruck. She'd felt like Lucy, the Sandra Bullock character in While You Were Sleeping, when she had celebrated Christmas with her pretend fiancé's family. Like Lucy, Sophie had taken everything in that day, loving the family interaction between the adults and children, the laughter, and the incredible food. Peter's parents and siblings had welcomed her with open arms, expressing how glad they were that he was dating someone like Sophie. If she didn't marry him, what were the chances she would find another guy with an amazing family who loved and accepted her like she belonged? She was so conflicted inside and desperately wanted to fall head over heels in love with Peter. Part of her believed those feelings would come if she stayed with him long enough. For the time being, she told herself that she could hold off on her answer to Peter, since her father seemed to be missing somewhere in the Costa Rican jungle. Although she and her father hadn't been close, she'd made more of an effort to stay in touch with him over the last couple of years. Even so, it wasn't unusual for her to not hear from him for two or even three months while he was doing research. She'd only begun to worry when four months had passed, with still no word from him. Concerned, Sophie had contacted the university and discovered they hadn't heard from her father either. The department head had assured her they would look into it, and Sophie tried not to worry. Then the nightmares had started, and Sophie sensed something had happened to him.
The bad dream was virtually the same almost every night, and felt like some sort of omen. Sophie ran frantically through the jungle, calling out for her father. She would always catch a glimpse of him right before someone grabbed Sophie around the throat and pressed a hand against her mouth. Her terror-filled scream would awaken her, leaving her shaking and unable to fall asleep again. Peter tugged on her hand as the elevator door slid open. They reached the main lobby and exited to the parking garage. Sophie pulled her keys out of her purse. I'll just follow you in case I get a call for an emergency. I thought you weren't on call. Peter's voice had an edge to it, letting her know he didn't like the way she ran her practice. Sophie was one of the few doctors who wanted to be notified if there was an emergency with one of her patients. They always called her first, and she would then decide whether or not she deemed it necessary to follow up herself or allow the on-call doctor to take care of it. I'm not, but you know I like to be available if a child needs me. He let out a